0: We've got a code! Use code VOLLEYPOD for 20% off almost anything on the Art of Coaching Volleyball website, including premium memberships, coaching resources, and nearly all books. That's VOLLEYPOD, V-O-L-L-E-Y-P-O-D. Use it to save anytime you're on the site.
1: Welcome to the VOLLEYPOD, where we're all about coaching kids volleyball, with drills, skills, and scenarios, we keep things fast, fun, and effective. Presented by the Art of Coaching Volleyball, the pod is your new source for coaching information.
0: From the uh, from the skill, Joe, I know that uh, we talked previously, and you also have a little scenario for us. Uh, yeah. What do you have?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, what to do when you're losing a lot.
0: Davis, mm. this is for you, buddy. No, this is for this is for me. This is for me. We we both we, need this. We have played. Todd. We both been there.
1: No, absolutely, we've both been there for sure. I think a lot of coaches, more coaches than than want to admit, have been there. Let's let's be honest. So this is well, a great. Well, guess sunset. what? In, in any given match,
2: fifty percent of coaches lose. So, absolutely. Hey, it's 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 part of the game, and if uh, if you haven't been if if you haven't uh, had a rough tournament at the very least, where you got. We got blanked. I mean, we had a few at USA. I mean, I was involved in medal winning teams uh, on, on USA. And we just, we had a few times here or there. where just, they, the other teams were better than us. And so we weren't as good as we could be. And certainly at the juniors level, uh, I've been on both sides of it. I've been on both sides of the fence. I've been on the side of the fence where coaches are coming up to you. Oh, hey, what do you, how do you get your libero to play like this and blah, blah, blah. And then I've also been, you know, at the end of it, you're doing that handshake line. And the other coach is like, hey, your girl's really tried hard out there. <laughs> thanks buddy <laughs> Pretty, appreciate that one you know so uh yeah i've been on both sides of the fence okay so uh i got another list i know you guys love the list so i got uh 10 things to do when you're when you're losing a lot
1: awesome let's hear it
2: okay number one nothing mm-hmm. number one if you're, if you're if you're going through some losses do nothing and uh mm-hmm. by that i mean keep keep coaching the way that that you know is is the right to coach keep keep doing the things that you know are the right things to do, keep doing the right things. And uh, sometimes things just need to work themselves out. And the way that I look about this is like investing. Um, Hey, you, you lose your money when you panic sell Uh, when the, when the, and we've all seen that in the last few years, right? Certainly at least the last 15 years. Uh, So you lose, so don't panic sell on your team. And sometimes you got to have the right instinct. Hey, Hey, you know, the, the record's not just working out right now. And, uh, let me just not blow the ship up. Mm,
0: good point. Yeah, and I think okay. that's. I think we can sometimes when a team is uh, is is used to winning, and then let's say moves up a division, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, is playing teams that are a little bit better. And they suffer a few losses. To start and you think. Thing. And it's well you just have to kind of get used to a higher play and yep. it's not necessarily that you have to make big changes and and when the you know when the competition improves uh, uh, that change
2: that that's a <laughs> I guess exactly we have, to, we have to acknowledge yep ha- half mm-hmm. of the re- half of the result is up to the other team mm-hmm. good point. All right. So, so, to, so to go along with that, number two is uh, reaffirm your core values. And mm-hmm. uh, your, your core values are, are what will be tested in challenging times. It is easy to have your slogan on the wall or one, two, three, hard work or whatever it is when, when the season is going well or when the tournament is going well. But uh, when, you're, when you're in it, uh, that's the time when it's, hey, are these just words that we say or are these things that we do? Uh, mm-hmm. so, so that, that's important,
0: you know, Davis, Davis will know that this is my favorite mm-hmm. one right now yep.
2: uh, because I'm a,
0: I'm a huge core value guy. So this is awesome.
2: Cool. So yeah, so maybe do nothing, maybe reaffirm core values. Uh, number three, stop encouraging your team so much. Don't stop encouraging. And, uh, here's, here's what I mean by this. Uh, it just kind of, it kind of struck me, um, uh, if you guys, uh, hopefully, if any of your listeners haven't seen uh, the Last Dance documentary about the the final season of the uh, the Bulls run with Michael Jordan, just an mm-hmm. awesome, awesome documentary. I love. To me, it's like a master class on coaching. Mm-hmm. Just seeing some of the different uh, stuff there, and uh, I just try to imagine a timeout uh, where you, you know he's Phil Jackson's bringing him in, and he said, "Hey, come on, Michael, you can do it, buddy." And it's <laughs> like Michael Jordan's like, "Yeah, I know, I know, you can do it." <laughs> You know, or, or hey, imagine if I call a timeout and the two of you come in here and I say, all right, Davis, look, they're best outside hitters on the outside. I need you. Can you get in front of that guy? Can you slow him down? You got to get, get in front of him on the line, slow down his line shot so we can dig the cross court shot. And then I turn to you, Todd, I say, and Todd, buddy, you can do you really I, I believe in you, Todd. I know that you I know you can get this serve over, buddy. And it's like who do i really believe in in that situation todd who i'm just trying to give him a little bit of pump up and i'm not saying never (laughs) pump up your players but clearly davis knows that i'm the guy that he believes in because i'm giving him a hard job and i'm looking at him in the you know and saying that so sometimes as coaches we don't want to be correctly we don't want to be in there ranting and raving and yelling at our players so sometimes we kind of give them this false encouragement and uh you know i got a chance to be um, Marv Dunphy, the great Marv Dunphy's assistant at Pepperdine, and he would say, "You can fool a fool, you can con a cod, but you can't kid a kid." And these kids, mm-hmm. they they kind of see right through that. So I'm not saying never encourage, but don't give the false encouragement. And the best encouragement that you can do is give somebody an important job that that you know that they are capable of doing if if they if they really go for it.
1: Mm, good, great stuff. Great yeah, a little stuff.
2: Counterintuitive, sure. but I love it. <clears throat> okay, number number four. Avoid the we statements. So I'm going to give two different aspects of this. So one is maybe for you as a coach and you it's, you're talking with your assistant coach at the end of a tough loss, something like that, or, or end of a tournament where you went one and four something like that. Um, and you're saying, okay, you kind of have these we statements. Ah, oh, we need to serve better. Well, is that true? Because and for example, I, I, I can think of exactly a tournament that I was with with a particular team, and that's how it was, oh, we really didn't serve well. We need to serve better. But then if you look at the stats, one player actually had her best-serving tournament, like ever. Three players served about the way that they normally serve, and then two players stunk it up with their serves. So so while, yes, our team serving numbers were down a little bit, and especially at a critical moment, a couple miss critical miss-serves, but really, it was two players need to serve better. So mm-hmm. that, that's kind of sometimes when you're losing, it's, it's, oh, we need to do this. We need to do this. And then what, ha- what, what it is, is it's hard to change we's. But it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to, to learn how to change these specific things. It, it just helps your thinking be clear. And then second of all, then you avoid coming into the next practice. Hey, we need to do this. And hey, the first thing that we're going to do at practice is this serving drill. We're not going to move on until we finish the serving drill. And meanwhile, a few of your players are like, what is coach talking about? I only missed, I only missed one serve in that game uh, out of 12. Uh, what is he even talking about? So you almost lose a little credibility sometimes when you when you stamp a whole team like that. Or, hey, we need to get better attitudes out here. Is, is it that we need better attitudes or well, there's one or two attitudes that really need to be addressed?
1: John, I think that's a great one. And we talked a little bit pre-pod, and I've been thinking about this one a lot. And the other day I had a player and it was the first serve and someone else on her team missed their serve. And she said, we got to make our serves. (laughs) And it was like, well, we know who you're talking about now. Let's be honest. So I guess I never noticed this until we talked. And I think it's, it's in a way, passive aggressive way of, of including yourself in the group, but kind of not really, Including yourself in the group, like excluding yourself in a way, it's kind of yeah. I I think that
2: communication style is done with good intent, and this is something that again, kind of the second example, yeah, like you said, is kind of these passive, almost passive aggressive statements in team that can team huddles in the middle of the game. Hey, we need to serve better. Mm -hmm. Well, you didn't miss your last serve, and I did. So, who is "we" that you're talking about? (laughs) And a lot of times, it ends up being a way to mask a call out. Yes. in a situation that you really you probably wouldn't go in the huddle and be like, "Hey, Susie, you need to get your serve in. Well, right. if you wouldn't say that to Susie directly, then all say we need to serve better if if you're not truly including yourself. And so sometimes this there's a strategy that we can teach our kids on how to communicate better. if you If you just missed your server and you go in the huddle and say, Hey, my bad, I need to serve better. Hey, let's all pick our serves up here." Okay, that's one thing that's going to feel kind of genuine to your team. So, yeah, avoiding the we statements, it, yeah, that's, that's a big one. Nice. nice. All right, the number five going along with that, get ultra specific. So, again, kind of let's, let's progress from there. Number three, so let's kind of give three kind of potential options here for what you might say in the huddle. Hey, we need to pick it up. Okay. All right, the second option would be, hey, we need to play better defense. All right, I'm getting maybe a little sense of that. Uh, Option three. Okay, hey, middle back defenders, we need to stay balanced in the center of the court. Okay. You know, Mm -hmm. so kind of if you look at those three different statements that you can make in the huddle, uh, we're kind of going from sort of vague feelings now to more actions. That's a concrete action. I've given you a specific thing as a player. Okay, if I do this, I'm expecting to get a better result and also something that they have control over pick it Mm -hmm. up. Uh, That's hard. Pick what up. It's hard to do, you know? Um, so yeah, so we're going away from the we statements. We're trying to get ultra specific. Nice.
0: Yeah. Joe, I love this one too. This is one of my peeves, uh, especially coaches. We really don't understand quite often what's coming out of our mouth, uh, our mouths when we have these general statements, like we're not mentally tough or Mm -hmm. we're not communicating. I mean, just a lot of these uh, just statements, you hear coaches say over over that don't have any meaning and getting away from that something that is some kind of specific call to action uh, is huge. So I love it. Great
2: stuff. And then that kind of goes along with number six here, which is uh, transform your words into works. And basically, mm-hmm. like you're saying, a lot of times we might have this vague feeling that something is wrong. Oh, it, th- it just feels off or we need to pick it up or the energy is down or we need to communicate. So if you it, for the majority of club teams, if you say, OK, hey, we're, we're struggling. What, what do we need to do better, girls? They're going to say hey, we got to talk out there. And uh, OK, well, that's great. Now let's say the specific things that we would talk about. OK, great. And now what kind of plays are we, will we make differently on the court or Mm -hmm. will we not make so, because you do not, the ref has never blown a whistle, raise, put a finger up in the air and said one point for good communication. We (laughs) only get a point by scoring a point or the other team making an error. And let's assume we don't have much control over there making an error. So what will these words that we say, or these sort of feelings or vibes, what plays will that translate to? So if we can sort of define by doing something that will help us, maybe it's, hey, you know what? In the last game, we had three free balls that we ended up kind of getting busted plays and having to give them a free ball back because we got miscommunication about when we were releasing and the setter got picked off. Okay. So now we're going to say this, this, and that. And then the result will be that every single time that we get a free ball, it's passed to the setter and we're running in our offense. Something like nice.
1: that. Nice. Yeah. So- Better coaching. Um, yeah.
2: And, and like you said, that could also be for, Hey, you girls need to have a better attitude out there. Well, what does that, at? what does that mean? It might be, okay. Uh, the actions that we're going to see are as, Hey, when they come, when a teammate comes off the court, everybody on the bench should give a high five, something like that. That would be like kind of a minimum standard, I would think, but just different, different things like that, you know? So don't just sort of say what the the vibe or the feeling is, but say what specific actions I will leave Dave, yeah. Davis knows
0: I'm a huge huddle guy, you know, when it comes to <laughs> yep. attitude, Hey, can you sprint into the huddle and make eye yep. contact? Yep. Uh, you know, can we transfer translate some of those general terms into specific behaviors? And uh, that's, that's, it's just awesome coaching. I mean, from whether you're winning, losing coaching practice or anything, these, these are,
2: these are great coaching nuggets for any situation. I love it. Fantastic. Okay. So going along with that, number seven, you're losing, you're going to be angry, and uh, use the fuel of anger. And especially, I think, when we're dealing with, with female athletes, I think I, – I don't know. I think just generally uh, coaches are less comfortable. You know, sometimes I just see as a broad categorization because I kind of mix in between the – I've been on the men's side, I've been on the women's side, and I've been on the elite women's side, and I've been in the juniors uh, everywhere in between. And I think especially what I see kind of from high school juniors coaches, if I could get a blanket is being less comfortable with teenage girls expressing emotions that are not sort of happy and bubbly. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, if if you just lost a tough match to your uh, biggest rival, a kid uh, might punch a locker. And, uh, you, you know, there's certain things that are not capable. You can't just break a door or you can't uh, – Uh, just start dropping F-bombs in the middle of a match or something like that. So that's not appropriate behavior, but the emotion of anger is okay for them to have. So they, they are allowed to be angry, but now we have to teach them the correct behaviors in response to that. And sometimes that anger can be fueled to, all right, Hey, that was, I'm, I am human too. I hated that loss. I never want to lose that team ever again. And uh, hey, what do you say we come in a half hour early to next practice and let's let's get working on that passing, something like that.
1: I love that. And Joe, I got I got two on this because um, first of all, I'm I'm really glad you brought up emotions because I think they're just intricately related to how you know we are as people, but obviously how we compete, right? And um, Coach K said something that I always remember. He said, "Anger is good as long as it makes you do good things," mm. right? And I and I love that because. Mm there's many times I've been angry and just been kind of like mad that I was angry. Whereas I could, Mm -hmm. I could take this God given emotion and use it for something good. Right. And then the other one I'll, I'll, I'll share is Mary Jo Pepler, who was one of my um, sort of original coaching educators. She as a player used to find something that to make her angry and Mm. it could be anything when she needed it. And that would give her, Enough, I don't know, fuel to um, come out ahead competitively. So Love I it. 100% believe that it can do good things for you, but I think you're absolutely right. Most people have to train it because we're not as comfortable with anger as we are with some of the more positive uh, emotions. Right. Yep. So it's good stuff, man. I'm yeah, glad you touched on I, that. I
0: think, and I'm going to throw one more thing in here because it's good good reminder to me too, because as a young coach, I think I was very guilty of uh, valuing that kind of bubbly personality. And there's a bunch of different ways that people process that our players are losing. And it's not the way that uh, maybe that we did as coaches or we think is the most productive way. Uh, the idea that they could, you know, some kids are going to go silent. And, Mm -hmm. hey, that's their way of processing this. And it's not the wrong way. I think Davis's point that, hey, if they use this to uh, fuel themselves to get better, there's uh, countless different ways that you can emotionally process the situation. Uh, And as long as it doesn't have negative effects on your teammates – um, and you can rebound from it. It's
2: it's uh, it's a positive.
1: Yep. Good take. Yep, absolutely.
2: All right, number eight, build small victories. And sometimes this is where I, I think a statistical lens can help. And uh, for me, I'm not looking for a consolation prize uh, because I want to win. So I'm not <laughs> necessarily, oh, well, we lost, but uh, hey, you, you made some serves, and that was good. Uh, but no, I, I look at the more like, hey, uh, and I to use this, uh, this triangle uh, of three, kind of uh, the serve pass game, the first ball, side out game, and the transition game. But there, there's a bunch of different ways that you, you could chop it up, but whether you use statistics or just kind of your eyeball, basically saying, all right, hey, we actually won the serve and pass battle against that team, and, and the first ball side out was pretty much a wash. But you know what? Where they ended up kind of getting, getting the edge on us was in transition. So, hey, we know that we're good enough to win the serve pass against this team. We can hang with them in the first ball, but now we got to go back and we now we got to train our our transition better. And, and and what that does is I think it just gives again, it's kind of this more specific edge of all right, let's maintain our advantage and now let's train up that weakness so that the next time we play that team or a similar team, we can build on those strengths and fix up the weaknesses, and then we'll be better for it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a great take, yeah. And Todd taught me one of those things. Even, even within the game, you can do that. So it's like, okay, they have 15, we have three. We're going to play a short game to yep. three right now. And, yep. and, you know, that's one little technique you can do on that. I like that technique.
2: Yeah, I mean, and that's science. sometimes that's called volleyball. Sometimes we know these multi-day weekends are going to be long. And mm-hmm. sometimes, like you said, uh, about moving up a division, And we've all had a team there, I bet, where you put them in the open division. And after the first match, you're like, oh, we should have been in club, you know, or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And then it's like, okay, we got to figure out a way to have small victories, but not make them not make it seem like you're it's you got to walk that line of being authentic. And uh, that's just, again, like you said, knowing your kids and knowing how they're processing these things and try to give them some small victories to build upon. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise that weekend's going to get real long.
1: Yep. Great point for sure. Yeah, I love All
2: right, number number nine. Uh connect individually. Um, uh, when you have a big win, there's nothing better than the team video breakdown because this basically turns into a highlight reel, right? You beat your big rival, you you know, came through in whatever match or whatever like that. Oh yeah, have everybody come in and watch the video and we'll watch her big kills and we'll watch his game winning block in the second set or whatever it is like that. But uh there's nothing worse than a whole team meeting after, when things are going bad, because, um, like you said, kind of going, uh, like I said, kind of going back to that. First is uh, the number one thing that you don't want to do is sink the ship, and the more unhappy people you put in a room together, just it all, it all amplifies. So the more, the worse things are going, the more that I want to make my any meeting. And when I say meeting, sometimes it's called volleyball, that's just grabbing somebody for five or ten minutes off to the side. So after a tough loss, uh, my team huddle or locker room talk or whatever is is often, hey, uh, this is terrible. (laughs) None of us wanted to lose this. We're all feeling pretty crappy. Let's all process this, and I'll I'll connect with you all one-on-one, and I get some of your thoughts on how we can upgrade for the next thing. Uh, I really don't like to give a whole sermon after, because nobody's in the mood to hear
1: it. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and the other um, thing is, you know, given players opportunities to talk at
2: that time, too, because they can say stupid stuff. Exactly. That's right. I, I do not. I, I do not want that. That's when that's when, like we said earlier. Hey, we need to serve better. That's when a right. lot of those things start coming out. And you know what? It's tough to ask a 15 year old kid. We know as coaches or, you know, a lot of people listen this maybe not professional coaches, but you might be a professional in a a business setting or something like that. It is hard to run an effective meeting and it is really hard to run an effective meeting with people that are angry. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it's a tough task to ask our 15 year olds to be able to themselves be upset and then effectively speak to a whole group and catch the group five and say something that's going to be constructive. So that's 100 percent. Todd, the less that they're going to do in that setting, you're just going to set them up for failure. So I'd rather set them up for success by a drunk talking with them one on one, getting a feeling of where they're at. And then maybe I could say, Oh, all right, yeah, I can see that you're upset with her. Hey, let, let's think about what do you think about this and this? Do you think that's a way that we can start building that relationship back up? You can give them some guidance, and then she can go one on one with the teammate she's having trouble with. And now you've gotten a lot of the bystanders out of the way, allowing people to actually hear what being said with a little room for grace because it's not everybody's looking at you, way better.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, cause you can, you know, you can set, you know, like sending, you know, kid out with some matches and gasoline, you know. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. And, oh yeah. You know, have have at it. And I think some coaches do it and, you know, their their intent is positive. Hey, I wanna, you know, make sure my kids have a voice and I want to listen to them and and hey i've been in situations where i've done that and just they've said things that that they couldn't take back and it's just you know yep it's just ripped apart the culture of our team and uh it's hard to put Humpty Dumpty back together again when that happens exactly mm-hmm. all right bringing so back final some one. tough times for me
2: joe <laughs> oh, so you and me both you and me both well uh well, maybe this will end on a, maybe, maybe slightly more uplifting note, but uh, number two, number 10 is belief. Uh, so mm-hmm. you, and, and look, sometimes some of these kids, they, I get it. They can make it hard for us to believe in them. And maybe it's just because they're a relatively new player. Uh, yeah. This kid's not Michael Jordan. They have one, they played one year of eighth grade volleyball uh, on the B team. So yes, this is not—they're not Michael Jordan. Uh, but can I find something that I believe that they can do? Can I can I find some? Can I find something in there? And I'll give you a, a story uh, from—you know—I—I've obviously—I've I've been lately. Most of my coaching has been um, at, at the professional level and involved with uh, involved with a couple of na- couple of different national teams over the last uh, ten years or so. And at the collegiate level. Uh, but I've been pretty involved in the club space for a while. You know, I, I grew up in it, my parents, I know a lot of people in the club space and, uh, have worked with clubs and stuff like that. And, uh, and inevitably I'm always filling in, you know, when we're around, Hey, can you help me out with this team or, you know, okay. So I'm kind of working, uh, taking a 14s team, you, you know, a 14s club team, uh, certainly not a bad team, uh, by any means, but also not a professional team by any means. And, uh, you're coaching them through a tournament and, uh, uh, they, you know, back and forth game in the old bracket or whatever like that, and uh, you know they had gotten down in the game. And I'm not a big, I'm not a big believer in a quick timeout. I'm not a believer in a timeout unless I have a, a change to make. So I think you kind of imagine, you know, just not too interested in calling a timeout. Hey, come on, girls, you can pass better. All right, go back out there. Uh, so not really too too big of a, a believer in that kind of stuff. And uh, but it was interesting. Uh, one of the parents kind of came out and said. Oh wow! You know, uh, you really, uh, you really let them through. Let them play through it uh, in, in some of that, and then they came back and had this, had this big win. You know, where they were down sixteen to ten and came back and won. And uh, you really, you really let them play through it. I thought for sure that you'd call a timeout or something like that. And uh, yeah, okay, took the compliment for uh, for whatever it was. And but in my head, I kind of was just thinking um, the tone of that was not right because, it, okay, in a way, I did let them play through it in that I didn't call a timeout and stop the game. But letting them play through it, and, and this is kind of a, a coaching term almost that you know we kind of use out there. Hey, do you let them play through it? Do you call timeout? And um, uh, letting – in that sense, it kind of implied that uh, any time that I wanted to, I could have called a timeout and fixed the ship. Um, but I couldn't. Have, I, I didn't have that ability. It was just a tough server, and uh, uh, it was a rotation where we didn't really have another person to bring in and wasn't really subs available. It was just – it was kind of one of those rotations where – it is who you, it's, you got who you got. And you either got to pass the serve and side it out or, or, you know. Um, and, uh, but uh, I actually believed that they could do it. I didn't believe that there was a change to be made. If I was going to call a timeout and oh, somebody else is going to set or you pull back and service it. It like, wasn't any of those changes to be made. Um, but I also believed that they could pass it. I really, so was it wasn't me like letting them play through it, like for development uh, to try to solve this problem this time, even though I could have solved it, uh, there I truly believe that they were the best, the best option was for them to just get out there and try to pass the next ball up. And uh, I, I think that's something I've always tried to do as a coach is try to find what I do believe in about that player, even if it might be pretty small. Um, and then, like I said, that's your then your small victories build upon that. Okay, then what's the next piece of capacity this player can add, or the next skill this player can add? in? but uh, if, if you don't if you don't come from a place of trying to find what you do believe in about your players, when you're in tough times, they're gonna feel that, and they're gonna feel when it's false encouragement or something like that. Um, so, wh- however small it is, you got to find what you do believe in about these players or about these specific players, uh, and then build from there.
0: Good stuff. Joe, I just want to uh, mention that that parent was probably the one who was up in the stands at 16 to 10 saying, what the hell is Joe doing?
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) yeah. I was was only I was only a smart coach after we won. Right. (laughs) While we were losing, I was the biggest idiot in the world. Right. right. (laughs)
0: That's awesome. Oh, Joe, another another great list. I love it. I love it. Uh, we're going to wrap up today with a resource and I want to start because he uh, runs uh, a subscription volleyball service uh, called Smarter Volley. He'll talk a little bit about it, but me, I've been a member now for probably over, a little over a year. And, you know, Joe mentioned his uh, experience with professional teams and national teams, but really his roots as a, as a club coach and a youth coach. And it's so, uh, the material is so applicable uh, to my groups, both club and high school. And it's been, I think, uh, I have to say probably the one I've shared the most with all of the coaches at Coast. Uh mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned a little bit about the triangle of uh, the three types of ways points are scored. It has me kind of evaluating the game uh, differently.
2: So, Joe, tell us a little bit about Smarter Volley. Awesome, yeah. It's uh, SmarterVolley.substack.com. If you can Google Smarter Volley, it's, I think it's probably the first search search result. And like I said, yeah, a newsletter and uh, put out uh, generally put out at least one free article every week, and then usually one sort of paywalled. Uh, article and i try to have kind of an analytical bench that's always kind of been maybe one of my early starts in the game is trying to look at the game through an sort of analytic or stat informed uh angle so i usually kind of have a, a spine of topics that are kind of uh, statistically oriented and then i usually, always try to also then add maybe later in the week okay well then here's the training piece okay so if you've identified here's how to identify where a strength or weakness of your team is, and then here's how to train it. And, um, yeah, I try to use also a lot of video examples on there. I try to make – I put a lot of GIFs on there, like little three, five-second GIFs on there. And uh, and also one of the valuable things that I, I try to share on there is show these to your players because, hey, as coaches, we can try to demonstrate the best way that we can. But uh, for me, I was never – I wasn't a world-class player. I wasn't a national team player. Uh, so then, if I'm trying to coach professionals who are better as players than I ever was, okay, why am I going to show them me doing it when we can look at okay, here's some of the best, and then and then that's what I try to share on on my Substack there. So yeah, smart and would appreciate anybody checking it out. Unbelievable, Joe!
1: What a show! Stuff.
0: One yeah. of our top top shows of all all time, all time great,
2: Dave.
1: Absolutely best pod, best pod on the volley pod.
2: Appreciate it, fellas. That's kind words.
1: I I appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming on. Man. Um, just for our listeners, uh, feel free to please check us out on Instagram at aoc dot and on Twitter at the volleypod. And uh, once again, thanks for coming on, Joe. It's wonderful to have you. And uh, Todd, I will see you next week.
0: Thanks, Davis. Thanks, thanks, thanks Joe.
1: All right. You care, Thank you.
0: Bye bye.